It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What if Giancarlo Stanton doesn't rebound in 2024? I'm worried about Nestor Cortez. What is the plan with Oswald Peraza? You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granato. Steve, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Stace. Hey, thanks for clicking on the show today, guys. We have a chock-full episode for you here today as we get closer and closer to spring training. Later on in the show, all right, we got to get real. The reporting this offseason on Baseball Rumors has been tough. We're going to chronicle out what has gone on and how you should uh, protect yourself moving forward here through uh, the rest of the offseason. But, of course, Stacey, we wanted to get into our biggest concerns for the 2024 Yankees. Of course, there are still things to be done. The Yankees reportedly are not done, as we know. But uh, that doesn't leave us um, completely worry-free at this point. We're going to go through my concerns later on in the show in the second segment. But Stacy, we wanted to start with your concerns, your biggest concerns. So why don't you go ahead and just kick us off uh, at the top here. Okay. These aren't necessarily in order of my biggest concerns. It's just how they came to my brain. But my first one is, what if Giancarlo Stanton doesn't rebound in 2024? Because he had a horrific 2023. He only played in 101 games. His slash line, did I just say slash line? That's one of my least favorite things to ever say. Batting line was 191, 275, 420. And he hit, well, he hit 24 home runs. Okay, so 24 home runs in 101 games isn't terrible. But he didn't do anything more than that. (laughs) Um, And 60 runs batted in. Also, I mean, just not great. I'm not worried about injuries with him. I saw a picture of him recently. um, Actually, of all people to tweet it out, Jonathan Papelbon tweeted it out, which I thought was really weird. But it was a picture of Giancarlo Stanton with some uh, kid at the gym. And he looks lean he looks like he really dropped some weight this winter so i think the whole him trying to get lean and prevent the lower body injury stuff from happening is definitely you're gonna see a different giancarlo stanton in spring training but i'm just worried that he's 34 (laughs) you know he's on the downslide and he's maybe he's not going to rebound i mean he might rebound a little bit from the 191 hopefully but i don't know i'm worried about this I'm kind of surprised that you're not worried about him health-wise. That that's legitimately shocking to me. Just yeah. like like he's always been a great in shape guy. Clearly, yeah. it's been one of his like the biggest pride of him is is how in shape he has always been. And that clearly, especially in recent memory, has not really ma- factored much. Has not made much of a difference when it comes to his health because I remember the the praises of him heading into spring and being in the be- I'm being in the best shape of my life. Everybody's always in their best shape of their life yeah. when they head into spring training. Uh, what you're saying, I understand, is, is you know, obviously losing the weight. 
not that I felt like he was overweight to begin with. No, but no. Um, he's just lean. No. He looks like he did a lot of I don't know if he's doing yoga or what, but he's really like he's slimmed down but, a lot. He's not. And as... wasn't that some of the stuff he was doing last offseason was like trying to the stretching stuff and uh, I think making sure the muscles were functional. Yeah. yeah, I think that was two yeah. off seasons ago. Him and Judge were into that because, yeah. That's that was something too. Um, I mean, I am worried about the health, but I really am worried about just the hitting just going regardless to go he's downhill. there and it doesn't just get figured out. Right. Yeah, yeah I understand that. I mm-hmm. that. Uh, what's your next one? My next one, actually, my final three of my four all have to do with pitching, just so you all know. Um, Carlos Rodon having another subpar year. And again, I'm not worried about the injury stuff with him. I'm worried about him being one of those guys who comes over to New York, signs a pretty big contract and just doesn't pan out because New York Yankee fans, we've had a lot of (laughs) we've had a lot of experience with guys where that's happened and that's what I'm worried about. He was only three and eight in 14 starts with a 6.85 ERA in 2023. Uh, some of the stuff he did on the field wasn't great. You know, the blowing the kiss in Anaheim and just there was just some stuff that kind of reminded me of guys from the past. And um, that worries me a lot in 2024. Yeah. I think when you're looking at his stuff overall and his career trajectory, I've, I'm more confident in saying that he would have a bounce back as opposed to Giancarlo Stanton would. If mm. you're comparing those two, obviously in very different factors, different type uh, parts of the game. So I, I, I don't know if I share that, uh, that big concern that you have when it comes to Rodone. That doesn't mean I'm like, oh, sure, fire bet. He's going to bounce back and have the best year of his life. I'm mm-hmm. not in that camp either. Uh, I think obviously the injuries clearly had an effect on him, whether he came back too quick or was trying to push too hard. I don't know if we'll ever know that, but I think it shouldn't go lost at how much that impacted him. Mm -hmm. You got to remember when you come over and sign a big contract like that, if obviously is good for your bank account, but that doesn't mean it's great on your mental state. It's great on what you're trying to do. You're trying to live up to a contract. And then when you don't live up to the contract, it starts spiraling and it just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to remember, he's still a human being, even though he makes 500 million times more than we do. Uh, <laughs> right. it, it's still it still affects him. And that's not excusing anything at all. Period. Ifs, ands or buts. Nothing. He clearly had a bad season. Uh but we have said it all along, and I'll say it here again. I don't care if this is a jinx or not. It's pretty hard uh, for him to have a worse season. That's right. that like it, it's just mathematically hard for him to have a worse season because even if he had missed ten more starts, <laughs> it probably would have been better for the Yankees in the long run. Weirdly yeah. enough, so yeah, yes, bad season. I can't imagine it regresses any harder because if it regresses any harder, then that would be one of the most biggest anomalies I've ever seen in baseball. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect him to do the same. I'm just worried that he's not going to improve as much as he could. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Or he, that he sort lives of up to it at that point. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, number three, I'm a little concerned about Garrett Cole having a bit of a hangover year after having such a good year in 2023. Not necessarily being bad, but also not necessarily being the ace that you can rely on literally every five days. Like, you know, maybe they're a little more... Um, there's a little more of a dip in his performance and he's not as good as he was in 2023 because it's not he was he was amazing in 2023 um so this isn't really like um super concerning it's just i 
like the Garrett Cole, you can rely on him every five days. You know he's the ace. And I'm kind of worried that him surrounded by other guys who may not be pitching as well <laughs> might bring the team down. Does that make sense? Like, I, I'm a, I want him to still be that guy. And I'm afraid he's not going to be. That's. Yeah. Is he still, is he going to be him again? Is he, yeah. is he going to be Cy Young again? And I, I'm weirdly enough, fairly confident that he is given the trajectory of his career. We've looked yeah. at the numbers. We've dissected his numbers a lot on this show. Um, and the one thing that is so impressive about Garrett Cole amongst all the things that are impressive about him is his consistency. So I, uh, I don't mean to knock down all your concerns here, Stacey. I think it is understandable to be anticipating a bit of a regress because of how good 2023 was. But yeah. even a slightly regressed 2024 Garrett Cole from 23 is better than pretty much every pitcher still out there. So, yeah. 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 I yeah. I I have so much confidence in Garrett Cole. It's crazy how much uh, I don't <laughs> worry about it. I, I, and it's a good feeling because like 99% of teams just don't have that. It's such a It's such a luxury, man. That's but yeah, true. I think I think it's understandable to believe that he would take a bit of a step back just because yeah. it's hard to sustain how good he was last year. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to come out with a five ERA. I'm just not expecting him to come out again with a two point six five ERA and being <laughs> as real. You know what I mean? That kind of sure, a thing. It's, sure. It's, yeah. A stinker yeah. every now and then, which he basically had like maybe two starts that just weren't incredible. It was like five inning starts of two runs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the final one, like I said, it's all pitching. I'm worried about Nestor Cortez. I really am. I'm worried that his 2022 was just like his apex, his zenith, and now he's on the way down because 2023 was just rough for him health-wise and performance-wise. You know, 2022 for him was magical. Uh, 12 and 4, 2.44 ERA and 28 starts. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't ask for anything better from him literally coming out of nowhere. People are like... They knew he was a pitcher and they knew that he had pitched out of the bullpen and he had done some other stuff. But the way he came out in 2022 was just like, whoa. And I'm a little worried that, um, you know, I don't expect him to come out in 2024 and do another 2022. I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm worried he's going to be more like he was in 2023. Yeah. That's I my biggest, the biggest concern. The biggest concern on my front for Nestor is general fatigue that yes. i hated hearing last season mm -hmm. that that was the issue obviously we knew he had the shoulder problems too but one of the big ones was just like dude i just don't feel good and that's such a a such a vague broad injury <laughs> that you're going how do you even start to fix that um i'm hoping that that's was mostly just a conditioning thing i'm hoping he's having a strong off season to where he can go into next season stronger um that's the only way i see some sort of fix when it comes to the general fatigue thing that's my biggest concern for me it's just like yeah that was worrisome if he if he goes three innings and he's not feeling good and you're like well dude like <laughs> we used the pen yesterday we we can't do this today you know we need to anticipate this stuff so that that's what i worry but yeah i that's the one i'm right there with these days. <laughs> i'm very worried about that next season uh, let us know what you're worried about in the comment section. Of course, I have my concerns, my big concerns coming up here in a second. While you're in the comment section, leave your questions for Fan Mail Friday. That's our next episode here in a couple of days. Reply to the pinned comment. Of course, you can also join the Locked on Yankees Insiders Club where you get this show plus more where you can text Stacey, you can text me, you get news updates, you get instant analysis, all that on the Locked on Yankees Insiders Club. There's a two-week free trial in the episode description. Next, my concerns. Stick around.
The NFL regular season has wrapped up, which means the playoffs are about to begin, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can even find bets in the brand new Explore tab. So explore all you want. Speaking of football, the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe you can see if you can bet on them to win the Super Bowl for the first time since I was in college. And I'm turning 50 this year, so it's a long time since they've won. And if you're looking for baseball, the Yankees World Series odds for 2024, plus 850, and they are favored to win the AL at plus 450. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Back now on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Yankees. Don't forget, every day is we have Fan Mail Friday coming up here in a couple of days. And, of course, if you're looking for something on Tuesday, Thursday, or over the weekend, you can always check on Locked On Sports Today. It's a YouTube channel that streams a whole bunch of stuff from the Locked On Podcast Network 24-7. So check it out, Locked On Sports Today on YouTube if you're missing us and want more sports podcasts. All right, Stacy, it's time to get into the things I'm worried about heading into 2024, and I have a whole bunch of them, just like you. I also have four, and my biggest one, I mentioned it on the show, I think maybe a week or two ago, and it's something I've been echoing pretty much for a year now on this show, and it is growing and growing and growing, and my concern continues to elevate. What is the plan with Oswald Peraza? Is there a plan with Oswald Peraza? I know he was a bit injured last season. He was dealing with some stuff, but he came back. He played just as well as he had been playing before after a little bit of a lull. He had been dealing with uh, with that injury. But what's the plan with him? I know he got, quote unquote, beat out of spring training by Anthony Volpe. Anthony Volpe had a good rookie season. I don't think he had the greatest rookie season you're ever going to see. Obviously, the bat has a lot of work. The defense, not so much. But that doesn't outright say Oswald Peraza is not major league ready right now because he is. He deserves the playing time, and he needs to play if you want this team to be deep and go deep. So what's the plan with him? If, if Oswald's going to turn into Florial, he needs to be traded right now, not wait 
till Florial is out of options and uh, is at the end of his thing. And he's all, oh, maybe he's not going to make the big league roster. He's out the 40 man and he's going to waivers. I don't want that to happen to Oswald. Mm-mm. If you're going to use him, use him. And if you're not going to use him, trade him. Yep. That's where I stand with it. And, and that is something that is genuinely concerning to me because I like Oswald a lot as a player and as a person, and he doesn't deserve to go through it just like Flo didn't deserve to go through it. So yep. that's my biggest concern. I agree. I agree on every point there because we've talked about this. And um, the last thing that we want and the last thing that Oswald needs is to become the second coming of Floreal. So like you said, either use him or trade him. Don't keep him in this weird limbo where he's going back and forth or staying down in AAA, but then you bring him up if you need him kind of a thing. Because again, they've held on to these kids. They, they specifically held on to him and Volpe and they're kind of like just discarding him now that they have Volpe up and it's it's driving me insane. So I completely agree with you on that. I'm also worried about that. Yeah, again, that's my biggest concern. My biggest concern right now. Uh, not too far behind, Stacy. What happens if someone in that rotation gets hurt? No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. What happens when someone <laughs> in that rotation gets hurt? Because that rotation right now includes Clayton Beater. Will right. Warren get 40 and then he's next? Because remember, mm. Will Warren is not 40. Clayton no. Beater is. So you're going to have to make a move. And if that's a 60 day, that means there's a big injury. And then you're adding Will Warren. So what happens if the Yankees don't land something here in the next two or so months and Beater is the five heading into 2024 and the inevitable happens, someone gets hurt. Someone has to skip a start. Someone has to skip two starts, three starts, two months. Yeah. How long can you wait? Because we waited pretty much all last season until like, it feels like August when the Yankees were finally like fully, okay, cool. We're here. We're all good. <laughs> and then Herman. So like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, you, you can't keep playing that game. You have to have backups. You have to have a plan in place. And I think they need to slot in someone on the major league side before they let Beater take over that five spot. I just don't think he's necessarily ready. I want him to get maybe a half more season in AAA before I feel confident. Yeah. Um, like if there's an injury, <laughs> an injury. Yeah, exactly. One. What? That's one. That's just one. one. You know, remember last year when three fifths of the rotation was out <laughs> yeah, when opening and you day had started. Guys. And, and you never, quote yeah. unquote had guys. Yeah, and now all those guys are not here. So yeah, the, I uh, I echo that concern because the pitching depth is um, non-existent at this point, like compared to what it was a year ago. When it and, wasn't that great anyway. Right, because it was already depleted. So yeah, that that's a nightmare scenario. You know, um, you know, one would be bad enough, but something similar to last season. Yeah, because if they don't make a 40-man move, it's Yuendris Gomez, Mm -hmm. who might be in double-A next season. Could start with the Rail Riders, but he's teetering. Um, You mentioned some guys who are not here that were from last season. Stacey, two of those guys in my head are Wandy Peralta and Michael King, the guys who were right behind Clay Holmes in saves last year. What happens if Clay Holmes gets hurt? Then what? Hmm. The Yankees don't have a second closing option right now. So are you going to go for the hater and the, and the Super Bowl pen thing? Mm. 
Or are you going to let Holmes ride and hope he has a healthy year like he did last year? It's, it's again, that's a lot of less safety gaps after all these trades and the things that have happened. And again, it's January 9th as we record this. By the time you're watching this, maybe the Bill Hader's a Yankee. A Bill Hader. Josh Hader. Maybe <laughs> Bill Hader's a Yankee, too. I don't know. See, that would be Josh awesome. Hader. <laughs> I knew I'd do that at some point on the show. Uh, Josh Hader. Maybe Josh Hader's a Yankee. And and it's all well and good. And Clay Holmes is now the eighth guy. But what happens if Clay Holmes gets hurt? Who's next? You're going to have to close games if you're trying to win here. So who's next after that? that that's my concern. When I was working at NBC, I bumped into literally Bill Hader. He was walking into the elevator as I was walking out. He did the wrong elevator etiquette and didn't wait for everyone to get out of the elevator. And we literally went, boom. And he was like, sorry. I was like, it's okay. The L of Hader? (laughs) I'm like, it's okay. You can bump into me whenever you want. (laughs) Um, Stacey, my last one, my last concern. And this is admittedly maybe my lowest concern because I trust this guy. Hmm. But what if Juan Soto gets off to a slow start like he did in 2023? What if that happens? And the Yankees are losing. Hmm. Then what? Because all chips are in on Juan Soto right now. Uh. Is, Is Glaber, Judge, and second year Volpe enough? Does Rizzo bounce back enough to pick up the slack on the left-handed side? Is DJ good enough to swat to the opposite side to be good enough? So many what ifs, Stacey. There's so many what ifs, and you 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 anticipate some of them going wrong because not everything goes right all the time. Yeah. So it's baseball. They slump, they're hot, they slump, they're hot. All that's gonna happen. It's just like it's the having the backup plan when those things happen and being able to be like, it's okay. Let me pick up the slack while you figure it out. Right. Something that didn't happen last season, really. Like they just had to piecemeal it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just worried that if Slo- Slodo, really? If Soto gets off to a slow start, <laughs> I'm just worried about, you know, the fans being jerks about it because they did that with Stanton. You know, Stanton opened 2018 on the road and he hit two home runs in Toronto the first day. Then he comes home for the home opener. He strikes out five times, five times. And the fans got on him like you would not believe. And I was like, really? Really? Like, come on. So I'm kind of afraid of that happening. But I think Soto, I don't know. I feel like he's going to, I think it's going to be really fun. I think he's really going to like get into it. And, and uh, the fans are going to like love him right from the jump. That's a great way to end this on a positive note. Uh, let us know. <laughs> From what your me of all people. <laughs> I know, look at that. Uh, let us know your biggest concerns in the comment section here. We're not done for today when we come back. Of course, reporting has taken a dip here this offseason, and uh, we have some more of it that we need to dissect when we come back. we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. 
this is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my mother, who just turned 77, got sick while a supply chain issue kept her from life-saving medication that she needed, but thankfully will be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. And, you know, this stuff can happen to any of us. So if you visit jacemedical.com and you complete your physician encounter, it'll be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at the fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Back here on Locked On Yankees, and no, this is not a zit here on the YouTube side. I cut myself while shaving. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that was pointed out right away. This is a zit. This is a zit. And uh, yeah, I'm breaking out like a 15-year-old again. I don't know why. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, great. Who are you taking to prom this year? Uh, Stacey, bad (laughs) reporting. There's Mm. bad reporting right now, and it's it's been prevalent here this offseason in Major League Baseball. And it really started with the Shohei fiasco. And it was really the day, the day of the, the Shohei day, right? It was the yeah. day where it all came to head. There were the rumors. I ignored 99% of them. But it started with the report on Dodgers Nation, mm-hmm. right? JP Hoonstra reported, quote, Shohei Otani to sign with Toronto Blue Jays over Los Angeles Dodgers sources. It said the wait is over. Shohei Otani is signing with the Toronto Blue Jays. And this was the first domino that just (laughs) made this a mess, right? Reporters were coming out and rebutting it. Uh, Two different Sportsnet reporters came out and said it. Then Alvin Gonzalez of ESPN also said, like, what are you talking about? This is not real. Um, I think it really got caught steam here stacy because trade rumors took this hmm. they took this report from jp hoonstra which jp hoonstra has been a former la times reporter been with the dodgers nation for a little bit now and uh by all accounts this was a, a, a reputable source right. right so then this was reported it was a big deal mm-hmm. and then it got rebuted then there was the john morosi tweet sources shohei otani is en route to toronto today a representative of his agency, CAA, would not comment when asked about Otani's travel plans at this hour. Otani does not have an assigned agreement with any MLB team. He is saying that because that was when the Hoonstra report was saying that he was going to be a Blue Jay. Of course, then this was refuted as well. Bob Nightingale, Jim Bowden, John Heyman, Jeff Fletcher all said, no, this is he's not on that plane. What are you talking about? Then people started tracking planes. And then there was the the shark tank thing. And then everyone's tweeting about it. And then there was that weird tweet about uh, Kikuchi getting the getting the the sushi restaurant. Like this was such a mess. Right. And it led to apologies by John Morosi. He posted a tweet that he made a mistake and he apologized to baseball fans. Then JP Hoonstra posted a whole four minute apology on Twitter. Like this whole Shohei saga was a mess, Stacy. It was a mess. And it was like, it was comical, but it also is like not good, right? It's no. just not a good thing that we had to go through all this stuff. And that was just kind of the state of, of baseball reporting right now, this off season, it's been really tough to like, whenever I'm reading something, I'm like, is this real or not? Yeah. 
Because the biggest fear was when Twitter started changing and you had to pay to be verified. People were worried about the people who were formerly verified who weren't uh, paying for it. You know, even when people were verified, people were still getting tricked by fake accounts. So people were afraid that it was going to get even worse if these guys weren't verified. How would you find out? Like, you know, you'd have to really figure out if it was real or not. But this is a bad look for baseball reporting. That whole Shohei Otani day was just so, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Because yeah, these are like reputable people. Like yeah. Sean Morosi's no slob reporter here, dude. He's a big time reporter. And look. They both apologized and and look, we're all human. We're going to make mistakes, but these are like serious mistakes when it comes to reporting, especially journalistically speaking, like this yeah. is a big deal. Like you may think, oh, they're just rumor stuff. It's like, no, dude, like this is credibility. Like this yes. is legit credibility. Um, I mean, we've seen Jim Bowden still hasn't recovered from, from some of the stuff he tweeted years ago <laughs> about reports. There, if you look at any of Jim Bowden's tweets, Anything he posts, you just go look at him. People are still clowning on him, right? Like uh-huh. it's, it sticks for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I got to imagine that's going to happen to J.P. Hoonstra. You know, bless his soul. I hope it doesn't. But like, I, I got to imagine it's going to happen to him for the rest of his career, which sucks. Yeah. Um. And then, Stacy, we got not duped, but we are getting conflicting reports on this show. As of the last episode that released on Monday, Bob Nightingale reported on USA Today, quote, free agent starter Marcus Stromas has informed the Yankees he's seriously interested in signing with them, but the Yankees have declined, that word, declined to make an offer. Little over 24 hours later, he tweets, quote, the Yankees and free agent starter Marcus Stroman continue to have mutual interest which began in November at the GM meetings with the Yankees still searching for another frontline starter on the free agent and trade markets. And this is Bob Nightingale, which also gets clowned on a lot. Let's be real. Call a spade a spade. He gets it a lot on Twitter too. This is bad. This is bad. This is not a a flub mistake. Like this is a completely different report in 25 hours, less yeah. than 25 hours, two conflicting reports from the same reporter. What's going on with this, man? Yeah. And for us, what's bad is, as you all know, we record the day before or the night before. So he says the first thing comes out Sunday. We record Sunday evening. And then Monday morning, first thing, he tweets out the mutual interest thing. And, you know, Steve wakes up on the West Coast and says, what the hell is this? <laughs> I literally like, said it to the- you, like, what is this? Yeah. Same reporter. Mm-hmm. And It'd how is one- it from November? Right. It would be one thing if it was someone else uh, saying something different than him. But the fact that it was the same reporter in 24 hours completely changing the tune, it was just baffling. Yeah. yeah. And let alone, so on January 5th, just a few scant days before the first report on the interest... <laughs> Randy Miller of NJ.com mentioned that the Yankees were not interested in Marcus Stroman. So how is he not, are the Yankees not interested on Marcus Stroman on January 5th, but also had mutual interest in November? How is that? And also have mutual interest on January 8th or 7th, whatever it is. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not trying to just clown on these guys. I'm not trying to dunk on anybody. brings me no joy to say this stuff but it's just the state of the world that we're in right now with this reporting stuff and let this serve as a cautionary tale we do our best on this show to weed through this stuff right 
And we can only go off of, we said it like a hundred times on Monday that that was all we had to go off of was that one report, one blurb, one sentence in a rumor rundown that we were going off of. And that's what we're trying to do is to make sure we bring you the most pertinent and uh, uh, factual information that we can, because that's important. It's important. Yeah. Like, look, this might just be some small little podcast you watch or listen to, you know, every couple of days or whatever. And look, we'd love you that you do that. But we're doing our due diligence to try and bring you the most important information, the most correct information. So just as a PSA, protect yourself out there. You know, don't overreact to any one news or the other, because even if you see something that says Shohei Otani is a blue jay, that doesn't mean he's a blue jay, apparently, because this I don't know if it's the the race to be first or or I, I don't know if it's it's not the checkmark thing right now. No, no. But. It's it's concerning. I think it might be the race to be first. I feel like that's ramped up a bit. Um, all I have to say is I don't believe anything until I see Jeff Passan tweet about it. <laughs> yeah. And look, I'm not going to say one reporter is good. One reporter is bad because, look, I trust John Morosi. Yeah. And he was wrong. I trust Jeff Passan. That doesn't mean he can't be wrong. Right. So right. I trust Alvin Gonzalez. He's usually right. You know, I don't think I've ever seen Alvin Gonzalez be wrong. But clearly it happens dude so again just safeguard yourself um and and don't take everything you read online or even everything we say right as true 100 <laughs> percent. because we're people too we're trying our best but it don't work out every time man it just don't uh psa soap, soapbox done all right uh stacy what do we got coming up on friday's show we have Fan Mail Friday. We'll be answering your questions to the best of our ability. <laughs> I, we're just going to say that now as an addendum to everything to the best of our ability. To the best of our ability. That's how we're going to yeah. answer questions. <laughs> uh, yeah, and don't forget, you can get priority on that Fan Mail Friday. There's a 14-day free trial in the episode description. That much I know for certain. It's in the episode description. Click that link and check it out. The Lockdown Yankees Insiders Club. And that does it for another episode of To the Best of Our Ability. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We will see you on Friday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.